You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from Vormir, may Black Widow rest in peace. Vocal fam, now I feel hot. Why, why, why? Like uh, the well. mic? Yes. Like you as a person? No, definitely not me as a person. Confidence-wise. No. It's the costume, guys. Y'all been seeing the costume on, on the internet? Have you seen my 12th Doctor Adam Lambert cosplay? They're going to get to the end of this show, and they're going to be like going through all the costumes. They're going to be like, wait, where's Alfred's? Has anybody seen his costume? I've actually already offered Opera Mississippi to purchase my costume. It's amazing. I knew it. I'm not surprised at all. I've already offered it to them. It literally did, did took they me. Accept? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess I'll know at Halloween. <laughs> it uh, it was um, it, it took my wife going. It's because you're living your doctor dreams, and I went, oh my god. Yeah, that's that's a hundred. Like once you once you said that, I was like, oh yep, yeah, that all that all seems right. And it's the twice upon a time coat. Which is even better. Yes. If I had a gray and white poofy wig. <laughs> that would be funny. And a vest. But I could get a vest. I was going to say, a vest I feel like would be easier than finding like the perfect wig. I don't know. There's a lot of wigs out there. That's, well, and admittedly, it's not like his hair is like super like precise. You know what I mean? Like it no, is it's, poofy. No, it's, 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 it's messy in that episode. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a great wig. Yeah, because he's mid-regeneration cycle. Yeah, the, you get that, and you're set for every Comic-Con from here on out. Ever, for the rest Ever. of my existence. Yeah. I can literally walk around as myself wearing a cosplay outfit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I, now I'm just worried you're going to show up here to the school. like Wearing that coat? We're going to be in Carmen rehearsals, and he's just going to walk in. To rehearsal? Dressed as the 12th Doctor. With a pirate shirt, a vest, and that, and, that, and that coat on? Yes, that is my concern. Vocal fam, I'm uh, doing a, what do you call it? Deflator hosen um, with Opera Mississippi and uh, and uh, the opera formerly known as Deflator Demerung, the opera formerly known as Deflator Mouse. Um, what is it? What is it they're calling? I I've been seeing all the promotional materials. They're like, come see Deflator Mouse or the bat gets even. That's it. Because Falca is the bat, and he's getting his revenge. Yeah. I just couldn't remember what their little, like, I saw it, and I was like, well, isn't that quippy? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, that's usually the subtitle. Yeah. This made me chuckle. I don't know why. I have never, I was just having this conversation, actually, with with our chair. Um, I've never done a shorter version of this opera. Wow. I'm getting more and more excited. Like, I've done versions of this show. I would say... This is my fifth time doing Flater Mouse Vocal Fam. I would say average runtime, 2.45. Oh, whoa. Um, th- we're clocking in with only one intermission at about 2.23. That sounds about how long it was when we did it here, but also that was as a college I've it. <laughs> done it up to four hours. Oh. Good Lord. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I could sit through a four-hour deflator mouse. Because, well, but that's when, like, I just, I that's... Don't... The four-hour version is when you do the full party, meaning ballet. There's dancing, right? And the guests. So normally, you know, you have about a half an hour or 45 minutes of guest artist singing. That happens at the Orlovsky party. So, like, if the Met does a gala performance of Flatermouse, they bring in their biggest stars who are not in the show to to sing. sing their best aria or duet. Uh, or what I've seen done is you do something of the music of the local people. So like to me, there should be a blues band coming on stage and doing a bunch of muddy water songs. That would be cool. cool. That would be cool. But again, I'm not, I will say something that has been a delight has been that I have not been in charge. Uh, that, That probably is refreshing to just, you show up, they tell you where to go. And like your character it didn't even, like, the scenes you're in, you're definitely in. But it's not like you're in it a ton. No, and it's been... um it's nice. It's been... It's my favorite kind of character. It has been really lovely uh, 
just after two years of being in charge, mm. it's been really lovely to have just this kind of moment of like three weeks where I'm just performing. Now, have there been moments where I've deliberately bit my tongue? What? You? Yes. How? I'm shocked. Everyone is so... no Wanting no, to step in? No one knows I what to say right now. Can't even fathom. No one, no one knows even what to say. Can't even fathom. So yeah, so but it, but it, I will say, like I said, after after you know, producing the last two years now and having two seasons under my belt, actually just getting the chance to just go in and sing, man, I don't I don't worry about anything. Watch out, he's not gonna come back. Oh no. <laughs> Mic drop, checking out. That's it. <laughs> just show up in the fall and just not here. Y'all are on your own. Have a good, t- have a good life. Uh-oh. Have a nice time. That's a, that w- <laughs> Sir. Oh. Oh, my. Uh, that would not go well. That would not go well. Anyway, so Vocal Fam, we, uh, we're here finally at the end of the semester. Congratulations to Liz, yeah. who is now a master Thank of music. Thank you. Very exciting. That's why we were last week. Yep. Yeah, we didn't record last week because we were doing Liz's oral defense, which is now done and it passed. Is done. Yep, it's and, official. And and Liz is a master of music now. Yep. Do you feel masterful? Yeah. <laughs> what about wizardly? Oh. I don't. I don't know if I would say wizardly. Um, it has been very odd though, to like, because I went straight through from undergrad into grad school. To just, like, not do anything or, like, not have homework or be like, oh. now now what am I supposed to be, like, preparing for? Like, I've watched a lot of TV in the past week. Good. It's nice. And it's, you it's been incredible. Yeah. You should have. But it's also felt very weird to not have, like, be like, Something all right, you're going and now I have to get ready for this thing that's coming up in the next few months. Uh, we're, we're very proud of you. And yeah. Ha- and happy for you. Thank you. Uh, and, uh you know, wish you all the best in your future endeavors. But don't worry, Vocal Family, this actually isn't going anywhere. She's going to at least be with us here in the fall still. Indeed. Here on the podcast. Yay. Um, so we're excited about that. She can give you all the lowdown about how terrible Sarah and I are and how annoying we are as we try to get ready for Carmen. What? I'm a delight. I'm going to be so pleasant to be around. I can just feel it. That's, Del- probably, that's a, probably not true. Delightful but. to be around. <laughs> probably not accurate at all. <laughs> and you and I will not yell at, at each other once. Well, I know that's not true. <laughs> I, I know for a fact that's not true. But if I can, like, just not yell at other people, that'd be great. I don't think I yell at others. Com- I don't think I yell at students very often. You, you don't. You don't unless they deserve it. Thank you. That's right. Good. That's, yeah, that's what I would hope. It's usually when you've given them the same stage direction four times oh, previously. That is... That is a thing. I am not a patient person by nature. And some students just keep doing the same thing they were doing. I had that yesterday. Just in telling, a lesson? Yeah, just the same thing over and over. And I just had to keep being like, this is a new, this is a very new, it was addiction thing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And so I just had to keep being like, this is a new language for them. This is a new language for them. Can I ask a perspective, actually, to the two of you on a teaching thing? Oh. Bec- and here's why. I have a millennial here and a Gen Z here. Is that okay that I identify you that way or not? No, I yeah. Think that's, that's right. I mean, I'm like a cusper. I am also more of a cusp. I think we're both kind of boy- like. I break I'm- it up pre-9-11, post-9-11 is how I break up the generations. Oh, interesting. Meaning birth date? Is that yes, what we're talking yes, about? Yes, yes. Those born pre nine eleven are still millennials. Um, they're not, because I'm definitely not like a millennial millennial. That's, but I'm de- I'm definitely like I don't really fit into the millennial camp. I was, but I do not fit in with my fifteen year old brother who's definitely, definitely Gen, Gen Z. Z. I totally buy sure. that because I think sure, I've sure, seen sure. the like official like the cutoff mark they give is ninety six, and like I was born in ninety four. But so I'm like. You know, I'm right there at the end of millennial stuff. And so already at the end. And then also just low-key was like super duper sheltered as a kid. Yeah, And sure. so a lot of the like pop culture and like 
experiences that are very millennial that maybe I would have been a part of I didn't get then I have younger siblings and so I have this weird thing where I didn't like so much pop culture stuff and like references and things like that I didn't really have all of that start hitting me until a little later so definitely like I feel like I straddle it probably lean a little more millennial because I literally am end but and i think we can all agree that i'm a different generation than both of you yeah yeah um but i think we we, we can certainly i think speak to maybe both a yeah. little bit yeah. okay, okay all right so from some different perspectives is all i was trying to go for yeah, here definitely got that how do we feel as teachers about uh let me set this up uh dear friend of ours is a former psychologist Okay. Yes, okay. indeed. Who ha- who realized as a therapist that if the patient was unwilling to put in the work, oh, that that yeah. that that they had decided as a therapist that they could not work harder than their patients at their patients getting better. Oh man, I probably need to tell myself that. <laughs> so I'm curious, given our pers- particular our perspective from different generations, because I'll share mine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but where we kind of come down on this idea of if we have a student, and I, I think what you just referenced, this idea that you're having to give the student the same danged note over and over and over and over again. At that point, you are working harder than the student. Yes. Whether, whether uh, that's not what we're arguing here. My question is, where do we come down on what is our responsibility of continuing to give the note, nurturing them to get better at accepting the note, sure, or letting them fail. And maybe those aren't even the only three options. Maybe there are other things in the, in the realm of on that spectrum of we just keep nurture, 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 kind, 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 kind. Or I think the other extreme is we just let them fail. I have had, it's funny, I've had an interesting semester where I feel like I've had a full kind of spectrum of this I will say it is very individual like my kind of I think reaction to it and I'm not saying the way I've reacted individual to the teacher or the student student yeah sure I wouldn't say that the way I've reacted to every student has probably been like the ideal way but um well you're not perfect so I mean we wouldn't expect every single reaction that you and also a lot of it's new for me like you know like I'll have things come up that haven't happened before but like Sometimes, because I, I teach an interesting mix right now of like, I'd say like half my students are elective students. They are just signed up for voice because they want to take voice. Sure. And then the other half are, I have like worship leadership majors or some like BAs, like people that are music majors, but voice might not, might not even necessarily be their focus. Some of them it is. And so that definitely affects personally what I bring to it, like, if I have an elective person taking voice, I'm going to start out with everybody, really encouraging them and trying to, like, get them to do their best. Because for some people, I feel like it does take a lot to come out of their shell, to trust, to be willing to try these new things. And so I feel like I, with every student, I feel like I do kind of have a period where, like, I'm going to put in probably more than they're giving me, just trying to get back from them that energy or and just to make them believe that like they can make these changes yeah but particularly after a while you get to know the student you get to you start picking up on some things and sometimes it's like you said they don't really I don't think want to necessarily change maybe they just like the way they sing maybe they are just scared like but they have not come to the point where they're ready to actually make those changes and particularly with the elective students where I'm like, you're just doing this for fun. So like, if you want to come in here and do this every week where I tell you essentially the same thing, but maybe I change up my wording, then that's, that's fine. And it is funny sometimes though, I'll have it like, I, I've had two, two students this semester that I kind of had come to that thing. I was like, okay, they, they're just not ready. And then one day they just walked in. And the thing we had been doing, for folk trying to do for months, it just happened. Isn't that wild? It just happened. And I was, and you better believe I was like, yes, this is it. And well, like, of course, I mean, if they've done something, give them the positive yeah, affirmation. But like, course. I was just, cause, and I was just like, what? 
Because I really had to decide, I was like, okay, well, they're just not, they're not really open to making these changes right now, and that's, that's fine. And I'll try to kind of maybe focus on some different things, but at the same time, like, depending on how, like, how foundational it is to their singing, sometimes I, I don't feel like it's something I can just super ignore. But anyway, but then I have other students, like, if they're a major, sometimes it's an, I don't know if you've experienced this, Liz, but, like, we are both young and honestly probably look younger than we are. I don't know if you get that. Youthful and ebullient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do occasionally have an issue where it it happens mostly with freshmen, where they come in and the attitude is just not there. Does gender play any role in that? Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. And I usually try to start out by handling them just the way I handle everybody else because I don't want any you know, claims of anything like that, but just, I don't know, being me, like, nice, friendly. I think I would say I'm fairly friendly in demeanor with most of my students until I can't be, until I realize that, like, that's not going to work, and then I have to shift and, unfortunately, get firmer. It feels very aggressive to me. I'm pretty sure I'm just being, like, mildly, like, just more polite and a little more formal and reserved. To me, it feels like, oh, gosh, I'm really being in my in their face, but anyway, this has been a very long, convoluted answer no, I, I, to I, say. I, this it, is what I wanted. Yeah, to mostly say that like it very much depends on the student for me, because I have some students too that you know usually are very, and I think this is where I'm saying it definitely depends where they are generally receptive. They're generally eager to learn or doing things and then every once in a while it can be different things like sometimes it's just a concept that is really it's either not clicking or they have some sort of mental block about but if everything else they're like they're trying and then sometimes they just get like sometimes I'll switch to a different thing and I'm like okay this is obviously not happening right now they have a mental block about it we'll come back to it but sometimes and in the instance of the thing yesterday I know they're getting ready for an audition where the diction matters. Can't fathom what Can't kind fathom of a, what it could be. Uh, m- yeah, I mean, the diction may, maybe matters. Maybe it's a, maybe it's an audition for a foreign language opera with a it language does. that it that, does. That we're not and really now, comfortable admittedly, with. Admittedly, some of it is and this is this is something I've actually been struggling with the last few days is I know they have uh, students have so much on their plates and this is probably not the top of their priority list but like maybe they've had the music for a while, maybe they haven't had the music for a while but like haven't necessarily put in the work that needed to be put in yeah. and now are expecting in the days leading up to the audition to somehow be able to put it together, but it's like a very basic diction that I'm like, this is not something I can just let go. I cannot in good conscious, like good, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's not going to come to me. I can't let you go in there and make the like, and do this over and over. And so I'm going to keep pointing it out because I, I just can't see a way around it. I want to let Liz talk about this a little bit. Um, but I want to come back to something that you said right there in a minute, which is the idea of, and you can think on this while Liz answers, okay? (laughs) Which is, do you think sometimes that the actual repertoire that the student is working on plays into this issue, so Liz, I'm I'm sure just in your overall perspective, just on what either responding to Sarah or my original, you know, prompt. Yeah, I think I agree with everything Sarah says that it's very okay. like student specific. Because um, you have your own students now as well. Yeah, I'm teaching just a crazy demographic of basically like eight to twelve year olds. But that's a real demographic, folks. But, oh, that's yeah. what I taught. For, yeah, like when I was over in Atlanta, like that was my demographic, and like it's very specific. It is very specific. They all want to sing, like, specific things. Yeah. But they're all kind of the same things. Um, and so, but I don't expect them to go home and practice. For not, an hour yeah. and a half a day or something like <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe not at all. Right. Um, I feel that. I feel that. Because a lot of them, their parents have just stuck them in voice lessons. And, right. And they love to sing and they enjoy being there, absolutely. But it, this isn't like... Well, they're not disciplined. They're kids. Right. And like, uh, they're singing like the Rainbow Connection from 
the Muppets or I love you it. You know, just like perfect. So, yeah, some it's whatever fun they little saw in song. a movie that they decided yes. Well, I actually so I gave one of my students that, and I was like, "Do you know who Kermit the Frog is?" And she said, "No," and my heart wanted to like fall out. I was so upset, so I made her watch a video. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's a very it's specific to the student. And I, like, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I know that, like, from my experience as a student, which is the majority of my experience at this point, um, is that, like, if I'm struggling with something, it's not because I'm not trying. Yeah. It's because it's a new concept or maybe I've had, like, if it is addiction thing, I've had it in my brain a certain way. And it's Mm -hmm. trying to make that adjustment to figure it out, and I'm also thinking, okay, like, let's make sure you're also singing this line in legato, or um, are you singing dynamics? And so there's just a whole lot of things going on. But do you think that's been true for all your student colleagues as well? No, and that's what I was about to say. That's why I think it is so student-specific, because <laughs> um, there I have had friends or student colleagues who will maybe be given a note or um, an adjustment and they just don't take it nope. and like they're just not going to because f- for whatever reason like they've just decided that it's not worth their time um, which is sometimes frustrating as a student um, to see a teacher put so much more uh, attention to the person who is not putting make- in the work yeah, putting in the work when you know you are, maybe it's just taking you a little bit more. Yeah. Which has also been something I have experienced previously. So, um, yeah, I think that's what. You know, I think that you can always, as a teacher, and you both have taught already some, um, Sarah more than Liz, but one of the things you pick up on fairly quickly as a teacher is the marked difference of a student who might be struggling with a concept, but who is working. Yes. Like you, it becomes pretty apparent. And I, I often wonder, like, I get the feeling sometimes that students think you can't tell. Oh, yeah. That yeah, they think that's... that I can't, like, that they can act like, no, this is really, this is hard for me. And I'm like, no, nah, man, I can tell that you don't pick up this music, but from the time you see me to the time you see me. Like, I'm... I'm not dumb. Now, now I have another. I think I think the thing that you both have it, it have kind of brought to light this idea of it 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 really is student specific is mm-hmm. is is really the answer. Like, like from a perspective of, of that, one of the things that I didn't understand as a like right out of the gate teacher, kind of like Liz, where you're at right now, is. Because I was always such a driven person and such a, you know, whatever. I didn't. I didn't necessarily understand. I didn't understand why you would ever. Okay, this is going to sound terrible, but very much like me. Okay, okay so let me right. just. <laughs> here's only child syndrome coming out. Narcissist <laughs> confession here. Okay. I didn't understand that you would ever want to study singing to not be the best singer on the planet. Like, like that was a, that was a foreign concept to me. And so the idea that you wouldn't want to apply yourself was like weird. Um, At the same time, after you go through some life and you live through some hard experiences, I remember a period of time in my own singing during the dark times, which I've talked about in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and if you've never had a chance to go back and listen to my episode that I actually did of Nancy Boss's show uh, back in like February, something like that, on her podcast, um, you should go back and, and check that out. I talk a little bit more about, about that. But there was a period in my life where singing lessons were not what I needed to get better at singing. Mm-hmm. Therapy was what I needed to get better at singing. Mm-hmm. Health, mental and physical health was what I needed to get better at singing, not singing technique. Yeah. And I think in that period, probably my teacher maybe assumed that I wasn't practicing or wasn't listening. Yeah. And it was neither of those. 
it was that I was just, the truth of the matter is I shouldn't have even just have, have been, I, I needed a break. I should have taken a break. I should have not, pers- like for a year or something like that, I should have gotten my head straight. And so like I also sometimes recognize that in students. I think that can be a huge, a huge thing. Because burnout is real. Yeah, well, I just like, I know that they have times in the semester where they have just everything in the world going on. And sure, like I totally get something has to go on the back burner. And, and some, they might not be in a good headspace. And in some of those lessons, it's it's a minor enough thing that, you know what, if you just came in and sang a Bruno Mars song instead of any of your repertoire that you're working on, it might fix it. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? It might just give them a release of like, oh, I'm just going to sing my Adele song today. All right, let's go. You know, like, 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 fine. But I guess I'm my, I started this, so I say all that to say that I recognize the uniqueness of the thing that I proposed. At the same time, there are students that you will teach who you are putting in more work than. And I'm not talking about the one who struggles because there's a, a thing of, of neurodivergence. Yeah, they're or, genuinely or, doing the best they can. Or, or that there's an ADHD, ADHD issue, or there's a... I've taught students who are dyslexic before, that they mm, have that's, different... Yeah. There, are, there are different things that might cause something, the process to be harder or just different or whatever. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm literally talking about the one who comes in, they are not practicing, they have no interest in practicing and you really start to wonder and I guess maybe we see this more in the academy almost than we mm-hmm. do with private clients I don't see it very often with private clients at the same time I don't teach a lot of younger private clients or well non-professional private clients to be completely honest mm-hmm. um but like I do here at school have a you know every once in a while I'll have a student that is like if I keep going, I am putting more work in than they are putting in. Mm-hmm. And I still want to give them the same service that everybody else is paying for. Yeah. They're paying the same tuition rate. But at the same time, I guess what I'm actually getting at is I believe that there is a level of self-care as you as a teacher where you kind of have to put a boundary up sometimes and be like, I'm just going to go through the motions with this student. And if they, maybe if I see like they're coming out of it or they ask for more feedback or something shifts or what have you. And also sometimes, sometimes it's the moment where I've been like, Hey, either what's going on. Yeah. And sometimes they have personal things going on. I've had that happen too. Sometimes uh, I, I remember a student, my, actually my first student who ever admitted to me that she was pregnant. Oh. And things had slid off a great deal that semester. And she was sick all the time and this, that, and the other. And, and finally, she, you know, and there was a situation that she didn't want anyone to know she was pregnant. And there were, there were reasons. Sure. But um, once she, obviously I had a different, reaction to what was going on once I had that information. Not that I was like being mean to her or anything like that. Well, no, but it certainly, it explains a lot and you're able to, I think just understanding and knowing that generally yes. like the student, the students, what, what their a hundred percent is has changed. Yes. Yes. And, and then you can have a different level of empathy. And you can also have a more honest conversation. I think about like, here's what we need to do. Cause I assume that student was probably, a music major and was. like probably had to be taking the course was so it's probably not an option to necessarily drop was yeah and and, and that particular student actually ended up unenrolling from school and but that's, but you are able to then have a more like honest conversation about what are our next steps here but also sometimes in that conversation i think that that's the and i guess here's the other side of this that i'm trying to get towards is me not seeming like I'm a mean old person. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to have all this preface. I don't think anybody that takes from you would um, say that that is their perception. I don't think. No, no, but, but I do think that there comes a time where either in that conversation sometimes that we were just Mm -hmm. talking about, sometimes it comes out that like maybe they've realized that this is not the thing for them. 
I have always congratulated students in that moment. I am always over the top enthusiastic for them because like trying to be a professional musician or singer or whatever, it, like you know, I guess I'm thinking of more us in the academy and we're training people and whatever. Yeah. Sometimes the realization that that's not what you want is the day you win. Like that is the literal day that you have won oh, life. And much better to figure it out like while you are still in school than yes. you graduate, you have this degree and you go, what do I do? And $150,000 of student loans. Yeah, like but much better to figure it out somewhere along the path where you can just turn, take an exit. But then the other side of this is where I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't insane because i don't want to seem like i'm an insensitive old white guy Mm -hmm. just to put it just to put it very bluntly Mm -hmm. i don't want to be an insensitive old white cisgendered male sure 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 i admit that i am a white cisgendered male with my own implicit biases that i do my best to recognize and surround myself with people who can reveal those things to me but i also think it is a there is an appropriate time to just allow people to fail. Yeah. And sometimes That's hard for me. <laughs> and sometimes that is the thing that will turn their life around. Oh, you make a good point. But I feel like we've sometimes gotten to a place where we are so concerned with caring for the student that it's not okay to have them fail. I think also there's a little bit of it, and this is a probably a more self-centered thing that happens. Like, it's and it might be even subconscious. Is we don't want our students to fail because of how it makes us look. Yeah, I would agree with that. Interesting. How we think that other people will judge us because let's be real, we judge people, we judge singing teachers off of their students and how they do. I I I don't anymore. I, I will say that is that is a that has been a huge paradigm shift for me. I did early in my career, and maybe that's something that will change. But I know that I remember at some point. I don't remember if this was going into college or going into masters. Being told to, oh yeah, when you're looking at schools and you're looking at people to take with, look and see where their students have gone on to. So I here's a couple of reasons why I don't I don't believe in that anymore. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm saying that when I was your age, Liz, I definitely did. Oh, I don't think it's like the way we should, because like we're saying right now, like you can lead. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Like you can't always like correct. There, there's nothing you do. I'm just saying that like I, I think the reality of the profession still kind of is that, even well, if maybe we're getting away from it. So, so there's a few things about that, about, I wasn't expecting to end up here on this conversation actually, but let me, let me just address a couple of things with that if I could. So the reasons I don't, one, I never know personally what their students are going through. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like all these things we've just been talking about, I don't know. Their student might be ill. Their student might be... Well, and they might have taken with someone else. The technique might not be that teachers. True. It might not be any teachers. That student might just have decided somewhere. True, but you would admit that within this context of this conversation, you have students that don't do the technique that you told them to do. Yes. I, as I already said, this is not my personal belief. I am saying that I think we feel that it is what other people do. Sure. The other big reason that I don't, buy into this anymore is because and I'm going to offend some people now and I'm just I'm going to claim it that that I'm going to probably offend some folks really really high level teachers often have high level students once you break into a certain level of student it's usually for one of two reasons you got a high level student who told their other high level students to study with you mm. Now, maybe that does mean you're a good teacher. Maybe it doesn't. It the other reason I know some people who are really drawn to teachers is because that person could sing a fancy high note. And therefore, the students went, oh, listen to that person's high note. And yet, we have watched some of those individuals teach master classes, and it is apparent that there is no process going on in their teaching. Yeah. And, and so... So uh, for all those reasons, I, I think as a profession, um, 
I think that if you're still viewing teachers that way and, and evaluating teachers that way, I, I like to say this. I try never to judge a person's teaching unless I have actually observed them teach. No, I think that's a, I think that's a really great approach. I just like for the purposes of like reasons that we don't like to let students fail. Like if we're making a list, like I think caring about the students is huge. We want them to do their best. We care about our students. We invest in them. But I also think there is that feeling of like, if my student fails, other people just maybe not even just singing teachers, but maybe people that don't know anything about singing. Yeah. Maybe our administration that yeah. keeps us on faculty. Um, because if a bunch of students start failing your class, that doesn't look really good, does it? If students don't want to take accountability for failing and they go complain and say, so-and-so failed me because they don't like me. And all of a sudden, you know, people are bringing that like... Well, no, this is why I'm so... I want a different perspectives on this thing. Because I actually, like when I was coming up through school, it was the exact opposite of that. I think it's an experience. I've, I've heard a lot of like... And maybe it's because I, I know a lot of my friends are teachers at like K through 12 levels. Sure. And it's something they've started experiencing a lot. And I think maybe we'll see more and more. And it's something that I, I think I've heard also from other people, even at the college level, it's, it's a trickling effect um, of just kind of a shift. And just when students fail, if they say it's the teacher's fault or the teacher doesn't like me or the teacher's mean to me, the parents, believing the student over the teacher, even if there's proof. And even then when the administration gets in, the, not the administration not necessarily going to bat for the teachers, but condemning them. And I think that's why there's been a huge... There, I, people are just leaving those jobs. Like, we have a teacher shortage because... And I've been seeing a lot, and some of this too is also just stuff I'm seeing on like TikTok and social media. People being like, yeah, I mean, yeah, this job doesn't pay well, but also yeah, these now, people are. I think that the thing that what you just brought up is a different, is a is quite a bit of a different situation in, in terms of like the K to 12 thing and the pressure from parents. Yeah, no, and, I mean, I, I think it, it is, but I, I do think that sort of thing starts to trickle into, into other areas yeah particularly... i mean as those kids get into college yeah you're gonna i mean we're gonna start seeing parents emailing professors well especially if you are and you like i think it's also one thing if you've been maybe teaching for years and that hasn't been your experience up till now but if you've only been teaching like two years and a lot of your friends are teaching at these lower levels and they're experiencing that yeah then especially like i, I don't know because i'm not teaching as many younger students anymore but i would be interested to hear from people who teach predominantly high school students middle school students when your kid goes out for an audition and doesn't get when your student goes out for an audition and doesn't get the role are you starting to run into people blaming that on you maybe not maybe not i hope that's not the case i don't think it should be but like i guess i also i guess i also am like i want to share like Two, two perspectives on that. I'm also not that way as a parent. Well, that's, the thing. that's not been your like, personal experience. Like when Olivia was rejected from Sound of Music and Charlie got cast, we used that as a way to teach Olivia, A, that life is not fair, B, that it is disappointing at times, and C, that that is not a personal judgment of her self-worth. I don't want to, I'm not going to go like super deep into this though, but has there been another time when Olivia wasn't accepted into something that you did get really upset? Even if you felt like it totally was the wrong call? I feel like you're talking about something specific and I don't know what you're talking about. I am talking about something very specific, but I don't think I'm going to like, not going to bring it up, but I think it can happen to any of us. Like we have spots Blind spots, things that happen, like, where we feel like someone's been wronged unrightfully. And I just think it's happening more. But, like, it hasn't been – you haven't experienced this personally yet. And so I get it, and I'm glad that you haven't. But I do think it is happening well, more and more. And it's something that we're all – even if it's not the majority of students and their parents, I don't think it has to be the majority of students and parents – it can be, you know, five to ten percent, and it's still enough to well make I, you worry. I think that I think that I've ex 
directly experienced the heavy critique of and and thumbprint and microscope of my teaching i was fired yes you know so i mean i've i've lived a lot of experience of being judged for the decisions that i made for my teaching yeah but not student driven um no no that was not that was not student driven um and and I also admit that my perspective on like it being okay that students fail now comes from a perspective of my own privilege. Like I fully recognize that. Yeah. Meaning meaning I have the privilege of being a tenured professor. Yeah. And so like I recognize my own privilege in that. Um, whereas a part-time professor who's a contractual employee doesn't, or, or even a junior professor who's an assistant professor. But there's not that security. Correct. And I want to be clear, I have not had any vindictive students. This is not like a directed thing. So it's not like I've personally like had any students who are like, oh, this terrible person, I'm going after him, I'm calling him out. Yeah, It's no. more of... I know it's a concern that, like, I have when I'm working with students that, like, what if I do get one that, you know, if they, if I had to give them a bad grade or, like, if I am contemplating a student a bad grade, that they decided to take it up and, like, make it a fight. And if they got their parents involved and stuff. And, like, I guess it's also, like, where does that come from? And I assume it just comes from the fact that, like, I know other people who, again, like, it's not that, I mean, m most of my friends work at, most most of my friends that I think have experienced issues with parents and things like this are people that are, like, generally working more K through 12 and things like that, um, but. Well, and, and like I said, I do think it's a different situation in K to 12 education and in higher ed. Yeah. Or, or. For, for or, now, I just, I don't see it staying that way. As parents get way more involved with their students being, even in college. And I think some of that is also, like, even though I, I have, I know people, like, a little younger than my brother or people when I was here, like, whose parents did get HECA involved. Sure, 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 sure. And I will say, to, to actually support with evidence your statement... I am seeing more and more um, students who have signed the FERPA waiver for their parents to know. However, I, I think that that's still where in higher ed there is a line because what FERPA says is that I can report grades and progress to parents. I don't have to report anything else to them. I am under, you as a professor are under no other obligation to communicate with that parent oh, beyond. It's the, these parents that were getting involved wasn't because of anything the professor said to them. It's because of stuff their kids said to their parents. No, 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 no. I, sure. I'm just saying if the parent or an administrator comes to you, we do have the protections of the Family Education Rights Protection Act. Which is nice. Um, which is twofold. There's the there's the, the, there's two different waivers that the the student has to sign. Mm -hmm. Now, if they're under eighteen, it's different. Like if we have a homeschooled seventeen year old as a freshman, that's different. But presuming that they're eighteen, yeah, because that's when that kicks in, as I understand the law. I might be wrong. Well, that makes sense. They're an adult. They're um, the student has to sign two waivers. One, which is purely about their financial status with the university. So like basically they can, the parent at any point could call and ask what's going on with their loans, what's going on with their sure, sure. Uh, scholarships, what's going on with, you know, that, that kind of financial stuff. And then one part of it that allows them to know what's going on with academic progress. And um, as I best understand it. It entitles them to academic progress. I do not have to have a conversation with them. 
I do not have to, uh, oh, you know. Oh, that's nice. So you can be like, I'm not. not. I, I can email them and, in, and inform them about their academic progress. Mm-hmm. But I always check if a parent, because there have been situations where a parent has contacted me. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't think that I, that's never happened. My first question is always to the registrar's office to confirm whether or not the student has signed away their right of confidentiality. Because if the student has not signed it, that parent has no right to talk to me at all. Sure. As far as I'm concerned. Now, we tend to be a little bit more touchy-feely here at our school. Yeah. And and I'm the opposite of that in general. Um, uh, but I... I it will be interesting to see how that morphs as the next generation of students does come into the collegiate setting. Sure. Um, I guess, though, again, my whole point of bringing this whole idea up is I want to encourage other voice teachers out there to realize that as a level of self-care for themselves... Oh, yeah, definitely. It is okay to protect yourself from working harder than your student is. Uh, I, yeah, and I do agree with that. It can be hard, but... It can be hard. I know I'm not good at that. <laughs> it can be hard, but particularly this time of year, there's, mm-hmm. a, lot, there's a lot of burnout. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rigorous hours. Um, our, our like our K to twelve voice teachers are like typically, or our private colleagues in general are probably preparing for some sort of recital in May, mm-hmm. and yet their students are taking their state testing. They've got their choir concert, their band concert. There's so many dead. I say deadlines, but I when I say that I mean covering things like concerts juries recitals dance recitals it's a million different things they have if they play sports they have games games and things like that tournaments and all that auditions for choirs auditions for next year yes 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 do y'all know basketball is still happening i think of like that's a crazy thing what do you mean basketball is still happening? i mean that's a sport that people still play yeah but i mean like they have like tournaments and things happening right now and it just feels so late. They always, every year, this is a weird thing. I'm, I am not a huge sports follower, friends. No, that would probably shock all of y'all. Do you um, mean like it's still basketball season? Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, yes. there are still like games you can go and see of people playing basketball. And I guess in my head, this began just because of like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know why, like, growing up as a kid, like, this is when, like, baseball stuff starts in my head. And so I'm like, so basketball must be over, right? And every year I see things like, I don't know, I guess the Grizzlies played the Lakers, like, last night or a night before. And I was like, they're still doing that? The NBA Finals are in June. That's wild. And you know what? I'm going to have, I'm gonna have that say in June when the finals are happening. I'm going to have the same thing where I go, is that still going on? That's how I am with baseball. I feel like baseball never begins, never ends. It never stops. It's it just, just is there. always going. I think it's because I also think it's because in my head, like March Madness. So March That's must be when basketball, basketball ends. That's college basketball. And then here we are, end of April You're or right. wherever we are in April, and I go, what? Yeah, it's usually the first big weekend in April that that the college season ends with the Crazy. final four. But, Crazy. But then NBA season does not end, in fact, until June. All that being said. <laughs> There are so many things going on this time of year. April and May. Not that I feel like NBA players are probably your big voice takers, but April and May are busy months. It's wild. It's a crazy time. Also, a lot of like it's here in the South. It's also like when wedding season starts. Oh, prom! If they're in high school, started. Liz works (laughs) in a dress shop as well, part time, and she could tell you all about it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's just there's so much. Well, and like. With wedding, with weddings, even if the wedding's not until June, you know, you're probably, they're having to go on the bachelorette trip, or they have wedding showers, or fill in the blank, or people are having baby showers, or there's so many things happening. I will say, like, the whole, like, wedding thing, in my experience, is very specific, like, at the collegiate level, it's very kind of specific to where we live that's probably because true too. <laughs> in north carolina where i'm from i'm from north carolina i don't know if i've ever said that on the podcast Liz is from north carolina um yeah. like that wasn't a huge 
saying for like you you I don't I didn't have a lot of friends get engaged or married in college. Welcome think, to the deep south. I right. think it also depends on what school you're at in the deep south. Right. Cuz I don't know uh my brother went to Mississippi State. Woo, big public university. Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Um and I don't know if any of his friends or anybody that he, his age Are that went to the school. They're all getting married now because they graduated last May. Right, yeah, and they're but moving it, it into is, adulthood. Yeah, it depends, I think, very much on... But yeah, you probably deep south in general, you probably experience that more as a college thing. And I guess I'm also thinking like grad school maybe you experience that more or they might have older siblings and they're involved in that yeah it was definitely in graduate school that i remember like all of a sudden encountering like other engaged or married couples and and that sort of yeah it's weird being like the only person (laughs) among my friends at this point who is not like married very odd sorry that's okay happens it does happen happens Anyway, so anyway. my point is, voice teachers, this is a time for self-care. Give your students your best. Give them your all. But also take care of yourself and don't work harder than they are, if that is appropriate at the time. Take care of yourself. Maybe that's the statement. Take care of yourself. Watch out. It's the end of the year. You also have a lot of things going on. <laughs> a lot. Particularly if you know you're a voice teacher and also a parent. Or, <laughs> or if you're also pregnant. <laughs> or that. <laughs> then you might just be struggling to get by. Or whatever, <laughs> day li- by day. Or whatever life stage you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever you are. Yeah. Maybe you're a teacher and a student. Everyone has a lot. Life's crazy. And hard as it might be to believe, I mean, teaching, singing, voice, it's not actually everything. It might be your whole life. And if it is, kudos to you. But for, I don't think it is for everyone. So there are other things in your life, probably. Yes, some of us struggle with our work-work balance that we have. <laughs> uh, okay. But not tonight, because we're going to watch Picard. Yeah, tonight Sarah and I are going to watch, with our families, the Picard season three finale. It's a series finale. Series finale. Vocal fan, you know there's a post credit scene. I'm ready. Vocal fam, if you have not watched, I would be the first to say that the first two seasons of Star Trek Picard... They were not great. I don't think I've ever seen a TV show come off the rails as badly as season two of Star Trek Picard. Season two? Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Off the friggin' rails. But the nice thing is, is you could basically just watch season three and not even be lost. If you've ever watched Next Generation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think really, like, even anything that happened in the first two seasons that's referenced, Pointless. it's pretty easy to pick up on. Yes, you could, with a with a three-minute Wikipedia search, you, you could, could be like, be... oh, okay, so that happened there? Okay, great. great. Well, because also, yeah, like, I haven't watched all the Star Trek stuff that's out there, and I'm getting along fine, and this season has had a lot of references to other, like, entities and things that I have not watched. It, I will say, I think that, yeah, and it's one of those things where it's a little bit like watching Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, love. It's like, if you watch Lower Decks... Your experience is richer if, if you've, you've seen... If you get the Easter eggs. Exactly. But Picard Season 3 is peak Star Trek. It it's is, good. It's good. It is... I would put this season of this show up... And if you're a big Star Trek fan, you'll know what I'm saying. I would put it up against Season 4 of TNG. Mm. Season 5... Six and seven of Deep Space Nine. That's some big stuff. Bye. Um, season two of Discovery. And that's lower than those other ones I just named. But, but like, it is up there. <laughs> season Season one of Strange New Worlds. <laughs> oh, I did love. They keep showing ads. I don't know about you, oh, but they keep showing ads can't wait. for Strange New Worlds. And I'm like, stop showing me these ads when it's still only the first season out. June, June, June. Okay, we're Season close. two to be, Good. that's why you're seeing all the ads. Oh. June. Well, they never says, okay, so the ads that I'm getting on Paramount Plus never say season two coming. They just say, go stream season one now. And I'm like, I already have. June 15th. 
Oh, thank goodness. June 15th. Strange New World Season 2. Definitely worth watching. Also, I know you haven't watched it, so I won't spoil it. I assume you haven't watched it yet, so I won't I spoil anything. I have not watched the The Mandalorian finale. Season Finale. I loved it, and it made me very happy, and I'm very satisfied. It gave me all the feels. Woo! Great. I'm going to assume that my prediction is wrong then. Okay. So um, then, then that gives me a little bit of emotional relief when I go ahead and watch it. Um, it was great. If Sarah I, liked it, I'm going to assume that my prediction is wrong. I mean, sometimes I like things that emotionally destroy me. I watched Doctor Who, but like... Have you seen the set photos? Yes, they look phenomenal. Judy's suit in that in that i love it it very much gave me vibes <gasps> of ken and rose when they go back to the 50s oh for sure 100 percent. that was the vibes i got from that little photo which i assume is maybe the point a little nostalgia also it just looks cool oh man well on pop culture stuff i went and saw the lower decks thing made me think of this i saw the new dungeons and dragons movie oh yes how was that report i really enjoyed it it was very fun i hear it's it good it was very well done it was very good had some little twists um but it was really great. It was kind of one of those things. What made me think of it was even if you don't play Dungeons and this Dragons, this is what I've heard. You would enjoy it. It is a good movie. It is funny. It has it actually it has some hysterical scenes. One in particular that I'm not going to ruin in case you go see it, but it was hysterical. Um, but it is kind of think of if you do play Dungeon and dungeons and dragons there's just it's a little richer there are little things like you're gonna recognize spell names you're gonna go oh that's funny like you'll hit in your head you'll be like haha they rolled in that one ha, 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 ha. like you're gonna get little things but i think you would thoroughly enjoy it regardless that's what i've heard i've heard it's just a good movie even if it you've is. never played DD. it is it's just a great movie and like great actors all doing what they do best <laughs> Um, Chris Pine is a bard, hysterical. Phenomenal. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing that. Hugh I will Grant, probably, also kind of a bard. I will probably wait to see that when it streams. Yeah, at this point, I think it's only like we actually, because we only saw it like last weekend, and it was already having very limited showings. I think so much else is coming out at the moment that like there were only, we ended up going to the theater in Pearl, which is a bigger theater around here, and it only had three showings. Yeah. Um, uh, we need to buy our Guardians tickets. I tonight. know, I know, I know. Yeah, we do. Uh, that was we been, gotta go been, see that. There's so many things mind. coming out, guys. Um. Also, I have Perna finally took the. Uh, uh, you know, one of the things I like to do is the week of a show. I try to be as quiet as possible. Uh-huh. We're dark today, which is why we're recording today. Um. I, I, but since I try to be quiet as possible, I try to like watch TV and things Love like it. that. And I, I am. Perna has now seen all of the first three John Wick movies. Wow. Finally caught up with that universe. I can now see John Wick 4. Wow. Um, It does what it does very well. Are they the greatest cinema ever? Probably not. No. Are they good action movies? Yes. I have no problem with some You should not watch them. I wasn't going to. John Wick is not something that's ever been on my... Like, I mean, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's fine. But it's never been something that's, like, on my radar. I felt like I needed to catch up with the Keanazons. I get it. I get it. It, it is certainly that. A little, little renaissance for him. A little... Um, the dude, can, a, the a dude cannot run. Huh. He has the strangest running gait. I, I need to just find a little clip of Keanu running... And you would go, wow, that looks weird. It's fun. There's some other actor I actually saw a news article about recently, and now I can't remember who it is, and it's going to drive me crazy. Is it Brendan Fraser? Maybe. I don't remember. But it was some actor. It might have been an actress, too. I don't recall. But basically, like, the article was about how in some TV show they were in, they apparently, the way they run is so bizarre and weird that they don't show it. They'll show them start to run, cut away to something, some other action-y thing happening in the scene, and then cut back to them getting there because, like, and, or if they have to, they like they'll do distance and they'll have like body doubles because like their running looks so weird that they don't they don't want it on screen. Those people could not be in a Michael Bay movie. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. See, I thought you were going to talk about another actor who's having a renaissance. No, but he totally Brendan is. Brendan Fraser is. He totally a is, and I love that for him. I do too. I love that for him. He deserves it. The Brennaissance. Yes, yeah. that actually works better than the Keanaissance. Keon- and while. We're in the middle of the Brendan Fraser renaissance. I would like to say I would like another George of the Jungle movie. Oh, yeah. My brother loved those as You a don't kid. want Encino Man 2? I don't even know what Encino Man 1 is. 
I don't know what it is either. Fascinating. Well, Kay is also in that movie. That was the whole thing. Is that it was their reunion, and they both won, and they were both in a stupid Pauly Shore movie called Encino Man. Crazy. That's weird. Yeah. The 90s were a weird time. The, the last point I'll make about John Wick, it is confirmation to me that Hollywood... is so okay with violence. Quite. And so not okay with human sexuality. Also real. That we've gone to like weird extremes. Like. It is crazy what can be in a PG movie. Like, well, but particularly in an R-rated movie. Oh, I mean, or that. Like, I, I mean, like, because those three John Wick movies are all rated R. I didn't know that. But like, That's why I didn't see but that. like, I, it's it's. I feel like movies have gotten to a weird place. Like, like when I was growing up, there were all kind of like you know, adult movies that like had like kind of like adult themes and things like that. Uh huh. And we're not seeing those kind of movies made because if it, if it can't also have teen and young 20s demographics selling tickets it's not gonna make money and so like i feel like unless it's an art house pick and it's specifically like 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 a24 if a24 is making it you know that's who made everything everywhere all at once so like a24 is willing to take a chance on these kind of weird projects or adult although they make are some, but I don't think they're, they're definitely not advertised as much. And a lot of times they have very limited showings because yeah, very, I, very limited release. I did. I had a weird time period in high school where I had a few actors and actresses that I really, really liked, but they were, and they were all actors and actresses that like came from very theatrical backgrounds and were very like, while they did some other things, like had more serious acting things. And so I would like go on IMDb and I'd see what they'd be, they were going to be in. And so I would go see it, not knowing anything about the movie, and ended up seeing some very artsy, weird as heck movies. Sure. That like they made, but my then the my reason for saying they limited, they were only showing in like one theater that right. showed the artsy more, adult, and they were definitely like movies with more adult. Like the one I'm thinking of is that that comes to mind is August Osage County. Sure. Perfect. Based on the play. Yes. Um. Very adulty, very mature themes. Not violent. At all. Definitely has some sexual themes and things like that. Sure. Um, It was a good, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I totally, it was kind of where I could say, like, it was a very, it was a critically great movie. It was a, a you know what yeah, I mean? Great yeah. in the sense, like, did I have a great time seeing it? Not so much, but I definitely was intrigued. Like, it definitely was an interesting story to me. But imagine if you actually introduced, like, adult themes, truly adult themes, into a Marvel movie. Oh, that wouldn't happen. It would be so weird, right? Yeah. And it's interesting. Star Wars Although, Star Wars almost came closer with Andor. You could argue that Black Widow definitely has some adulty, like... It has trauma. It has some moments, but that, I mean, like adult versions of like love. That and, opening or stuff, romance like. Or... So I'm I'm thinking of like just specifically. It wasn't even the whole movie necessarily, but like the opening sequence was was dark, dark. and heavy. Yes. And yes. I don't know, like very much about. I think maybe just women and. Again, the, the trauma, autonomy. Yes. But yes, yes. Yes. I don't disagree with that. But uh, but not the kind of things that we would much. see in August cer- Osage County. Yeah, and it certainly wasn't the whole movie. Yeah, August Osage County went into some things that I was not again, like I went and saw that movie not knowing the story at all or anything about it and I was in high school Sarah cuz high school Sarah was incredibly sheltered was not prepared sure. for the ideas and questions that that movie asked and honestly still can't answer some of those questions. Sure. I, I guess my, my point just was, but we're okay with blowing 150 people's brains out. Yes. In a movie like John Wick, and that's just like in one scene, you know? like And that's like cool, like nothing. Yes, yes, I'm with you. And we're- that's kind of like a weird spot to be in as a society that like we're okay with that. And I buy not that. with other complex conversations. I buy that. Isn't that kind of weird? 
I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not, I'm not the morality police. I'm not the, you know, whatever I, I, you know, like what have you, but it's just, I just think it's kind of strange. Like we're either okay laughing at each other, like in a Marvel thing or like obviously imagining ourselves in like a big adventure kind of thing, space thing. I think Indiana Jones will do very well this summer. I am so excited for that Indiana Jones movie. And yet like, 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 I don't know, maybe it speaks to something like larger societal though. Like are adults okay being adults anymore? (laughs) Nope. Yeah, I was gonna say as somebody who is twenty four and like an adult, I freak out every day I had about a, being an adult. I had a meltdown last night and told and said to Jamie, I like it's funny you brought that up because I literally <laughs> was full on. Now there's a lot of reasons I was full on sobbing, but like I was like full on freak out. I was like, I just don't feel like a grown up. And what if I never feel like a grown up? And I can't take care of people. I can't do this. I'm not an adult. And that's where I was. I'm here this morning though. I'm all right. I, went to, I just was overly tired. I just needed to go to bed. And sometimes you just need to Some, go to bed. Someone needed to put me down for a nap because I'm not an adult. Anyway. Anyway. It's just interesting thinking about media's role in our society. and. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about that and why we don't want to be grown-ups too, but that's for another day. Great. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with voice, so. Great. Anyway, Vocal Fam, so that's it for us. Um, we hope that your uh, semester is wrapping up very well. Yes. And, and that you're taking care of yourself. Do that. Uh, you can do it. And maybe watch season three of The Mandalorian and season three of so Picard. Good. You should do it. Definitely some worthwhile... Uh, some good media out there. Good media, for good sure. And media. then definitely in June, you're going to want to watch Strange New Worlds because... Oh, yeah. And Indiana Jones. I'm very excited for that movie. Yeah, that's June too, isn't it? That's June, I think so. June I think it's as like, well, June something? I think it's maybe the end of June, though. I think it's like June 30th. That sounds I right. could be wrong about that. Yeah, probably 4th of July weekend. I'm that's real... probably... You're probably right. What an all-American movie. Let's go see him. You're probably right. Well, and it, and it must speak to Disney's trust in, what's his name, who directed it? Because they gave him one of the three Star Trek projects. Oh, I didn't know He's that. He's doing the prequel project, the 20,000 know... Years in the Past project. The actress from, which if you've seen the trailer, you know, the actress from Fleabag, she's yes, going to be in the Phoebe Indiana Waller-Bridge. Movie. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that until the most recent trailer, and I was like, wow! I would imagine that she continues the franchise. That's my thought. Yeah. Although... There was a whole interview with Harrison Ford being like, no, someone like, like someone taking over that. And he's like, no, you just let it die. But he said it in a much more Harrison Ford way. And it was very amusing. Harrison Ford is 80 going on 81. We'll see what happens. I don't think that Lucasfilm actually really cares what Harrison Ford thinks when Probably it comes not. down to their financial status. Probably not. Um, I mean, they care maybe while he's alive. Almost definitely not. But <laughs> He definitely does not own the character, That's the rights true. to the character. I promise you that Lucasfilm does. That's true. But anyway, good movies, good things coming out. All you right. can do it. All right, Vogel Probably. fam. We love you. We'll yeah. talk. Sarah, what you have for breakfast? What did I? Oh, avocado toast. Oh, nice. I know, right? I haven't heard that one in so a while. Healthy. Oh, I have had avocado toast at some point in the day every day for two weeks now. Oh, well, there you go. Avocado How toast. very millennial of you. Thank do you. Do you put a little salt or pepper on your... Obviously. I do... So, I mash up my avocado. Do a little, depending on what I have in the house, lemon juice or lime juice. Salt. Usually, I'll do some garlic powder, but I haven't been doing that. Um, and then I do pepitas which is like the unshelled pumpkin seeds on top oh, for nice. some protein nice yes feta cheese and again usually if i have it i'll slice up like some cherry tomatoes or something like that to put on it or you can even do actually so balsamic vinegar is really good on it sure but i've been keeping it fairly plain it's mostly just been the the little pumpkin seeds and feta cheese no salt no the salt is in the avocado oh, like oh, when i, I mash you. it up i, I mash I it up you. into the you. so you are still seasoning it the yeah absolutely good that would be disgusting okay cool All right, Vocal Fam, that's it for us. We're out. Peace. Woo.